Thursday. It's Necro Thursday. So that means it's a time for Necromaniacs. So here I am with Jeff, my illustrious co-host. How's it going, Jeff? Good, man. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing okay, man. Doing okay. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. I heard you had um, a bit of a dust-up with some local fauna down in Austin, Texas. Oh, yeah. I, um... <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm, I'm like sitting on my couch and like, you know, barefoot and everything. And I kind of hear this like chirping from my cats and I look and they have this like, I got three cats now. Um, <laughs> and they're both kind of like, like in a circle or whatever, like looking and I'm like, whoa, what is that? It's probably a spider. Go and look and it's a fucking scorpion. Oh, man. Um, and my girlfriend had mentioned about a couple of weeks ago, she's like, oh, I saw a real tiny scorpion in the kitchen. I, I'd never seen one before. I couldn't believe it. And this one was not tiny. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, about the size of my, uh, my thumb. And, uh, you know, a lot of people told me when I moved here, like, oh, yeah, scorpions are a thing. And I was like, Man, I don't give a shit about scorpions. They don't bother me. Uh, when you see one in your house and you're near your cats, yeah, they bother you. <laughs> it was scary. It was uh, it was terrifying, man. That thing was uh, agitated too. Well, yeah, he was being uh, you know harassed by your three cats. So yeah, they didn't know what to make of it, and I got I got scared. I didn't want them to get stung. I mean, from what I've read, the scorpion sting isn't deadly. It's just painful. At least the scorpions around here. And uh, so I you know I immediately put like a little thing of Tupperware over it and was like, all right, fuck you, you gotta go, buddy. Did you kill it? Uh, it died. Yeah. I, you know, we it just died? had the house. It, it was dying a- anyway, because, uh, we just had the, uh, exterminator come out like maybe a day or two before. And they always uh, say like, Oh, you know, you're, you might see some things around the house and that's cause they're coming out cause they're dying. And that has been the case. I've seen dead ants all over the bathroom. And then the scorpion came out to the kitchen to, uh, <laughs> to die. Oh wow! Um, oh so yeah. The, oh damn! I you know, I, I was curious if like you like strangled it or crushed it or you know burned it alive or something like that. You know? <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I'm not cruel like that. Although I, I don't like bugs. It's pretty well known about uh, anyone who knows me knows I got like kind of like a serious fear of bugs, especially spiders. Uh, but just the uh, you know the thought of that thing crawling around in the house with me just was was unacceptable. And uh, when we were, like, debating what to do with it, the thing just kind of keeled over and, and died. Wow. Uh, so uh, it made the decision for us. Nice and easy. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, some, my, that's my, real shit, man. My girlfriend's one of those, if we find a spider, oh, let's put it outside. And my immediately thought, if that thing's anywhere near me, it's dead. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I'm, sorry. I'm the same way, man. Because it's yeah. like, if I was out in the wilderness and a mountain lion came across me, he would, like, totally have no problems eating me you know yeah he fuck yeah exactly and he fucking destroy you yeah, so, and not even th- think twice about it so if you're in my house you're uh you're in my uh my my uh territory and if you don't belong there there's uh consequences to that yeah absolutely man yeah absolutely yeah so you know is what it is it's uh texas living you know this is uh one of the things we uh, we knew would you know be a thing when we moved uh, when when we moved down here, and uh, now we're dealing with it. 
Yeah, but you showed me a picture of it, man. I was like, fuck, that's like a monster, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Like, I immediately thought of, like, the kid, of me being a kid and watching, like, Clash of the Titans and seeing, like, the Harry, Ray Harryhouse and, uh, you know, score, like, stop motion scorpions. Like, the, that's what they look like, man. Like, look, a smaller version of that. Like, they have, like, armor on their back, it looks like. They're, they're really unsettling little creatures. Damn. Well, yeah, before we get I mean, too deep into this, let's uh, let's shout out our our buddies. Of course, yes. uh, we're referring to uh, the nice group of the family of podcasting professionals out there. Starting the week off with Horror Wolf six 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 on Monday, moving on to Into the Necrosphere on Tuesday, which uh, is like literally the only music related podcast that I listen to. You know, I, mm. I don't I don't really. Uh, I don't really follow music like in a journalistic sense. I like to find out about stuff. Actually, a lot of it is from listening to Jackie's show, but just from uh, finding out about other bands from friends or, you know, kind of organically. Like, I don't really read about music necessarily. Or right. Just, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? No, yeah. I'm the same, I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, what, what would you even read nowadays? I mean. Oh, there's Decibel, and, and uh, yeah. that's basically it. You know, like. Revolver is, doesn't really cover music that I like. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's decibel. <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's. I, I already know all I, all I need to know pretty much about the bands that decibel regularly covers. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at decibel and in, 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 it's been, God, years, maybe yeah. even a decade. I don't know, it's been a while. I do like their um, their Hall of Fame entries. Some of that stuff's interesting. Yeah, we... Uh... I, I, I believe I, I talked to someone from Decibel years ago about uh, Oceanic. I think that's in their uh, that's in their uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's cool. Wednesday is Everything Went Black, which is uh, my you know my personal live journal. I guess in some ways, <laughs> like I pretty much cover all kinds of stuff on there. It's like I like just past week we had um, the Adams Family who have fe been featured on this podcast, but. Uh, over the last year or so, I've become kind of friends with those guys. So they came on to talk about their new film a little bit. It, it's not about that per se. It's actually more about music and doing a playlist and stuff like that. Really cool people. Yeah, I enjoyed that episode. I just listened to it yesterday. And uh, it's cool when when filmmakers like good stuff, like come from like the the world that we come from. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think you see that a lot maybe in, like, younger filmmakers. So it's cool. I know they're a little bit older, and they were talking about, you know, like, kind of the generation of stuff before me. You know, like, I, I, I am a Black Flag fan, but I wasn't around uh, for, for, for their shows. Oh, the real Black Flag, not the, the re reunion we got like, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a travesty that you have to make that disclaimer about the real Black Flag, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> But yeah, they're they're great, man. They're like my some of my favorite people to talk to these days, and uh, and I'm I'm definitely in their generation of music for sure, you know. And uh, and they seem like really just straight up like really cool, like just fucking weird, interesting people, you know. I, just, I really appreciate that about them. Yeah, and uh, I dig that they do things completely independently and their own way, and you know, uh, yeah, look forward to what they're doing, gonna do next. Yeah, we're going to continue to to cover those guys here at Necro, and uh, absolutely, you know Thursday's Necromaniacs, 
Friday is Break the Apocalypse featuring Mike Scandato's brother, John Draper. And they're still never quite been able to figure out why they have different last names, but you know, I've we'll known, get to the bottom of it. I'll get to the bottom of this someday. And I've known both of those guys for a really long time. And it's always perplexed me how they possibly have different last names. Yeah. <laughs> and then now uh, we have a brand new entry into the group and that's, uh, my buddy Carl Hikara has a, a podcast called sold Knox, which comes out over the weekend. And, um, couple episodes ago on everything went black i had him on as a guest to you know kind of launch the podcast and it's it's about a lot of different things man like stuff that i enjoy talking about like weird fiction lovecraft um mm, the occult yeah. yeah the occult and weird esoteric stuff like that so carl is like very 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 knowledgeable in those fields and um so yeah definitely check that out and we recently recorded another episode for uh a sub show that he's doing called Eldritch Tales, where we talk mm. about uh, dream. We go into uh, Dreams in the Witch House by H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, great! Great story featuring uh, Brown Jenkin, which is like uh, one of my favorite, you know, characters in the Lovecraft universe. And we are so close to getting an, an uh, a real adaptation of that uh, from uh, Richard Stanley, which you know obviously has had plug pulled on it now and. Not really sure of uh, the status of that movie. They're going to replace him or, or if it's just dead. But just got to imagine what could have been. There's so many aspects to that story that I, I find fascinating. And like, um, you know, so yeah, you guys out there, if you're interested in Lovecraft, uh, definitely check out what Carl and I have to say about it. We kind of go off on these tangents with philosophies and different hypothesis about certain stuff related to that story so yeah cool have you checked anything out interesting uh this past uh since we last spoke jeff yeah well you know i i have you know uh you and i text uh, here and there and you were telling me that you were were watching or had watched a movie on shutter called moloch and uh you know i brought it up there on uh, on shutter and was like okay cool i'll watch this so i checked that out yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually really dug it. Yeah, I would say it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, it had some flaws, like it uh, had some, some, some bad exposition. Uh, it was almost a little bit too traditional. I wish it went more like a kill list route where it kind of leaves you pieces to put together yourself, but it really kind of spells everything out for you. So it's a little bit more of a traditional kind of, you know, crowd pleaser type horror movie, but it's, it's well done. And it's in a genre I really like. It's, it's in the folk horror genre and uh, it was a good watch. You know, I, was, I, I liked it. I think it's definitely worth checking out. Anything else or just that? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, I think I told you about this. Uh, I watched that documentary, uh, the three-part documentary on Netflix, The Most Hated Man on the Internet, uh, which is about Hunter Moore, someone I remember, I, but I completely forgot about his existence until this documentary came up. And I saw the trailer and was like, oh, God, Hunter Moore, I remember that fucking douchebag. And... Uh, for those who don't know, Hunter Moore basically started the revenge porn uh, site. I think it was called Is Anyone Up? 
Yes. And uh, this was probably what, you know, over 10 years ago at this point or 10 years ago. And this is a relatively new thing. And he just found a way to exploit and humiliate people and seem to revel in the hatred that he got. You know, he was a, he was, you know, he was like a MAGA troll before there was a MAGA thing, you know, he kind of had that vibe to him. And, um, you know, he's really awful guy, you know, and, but it's still a, a very interesting documentary, I think. Um, uh, three parts, it's not too long. I think it totals, you know, about two hours, 15 minutes. So it's, you know, feature length. Uh, and it's worth checking out, you know, like uh, to, to hear the history of the internet and re realize this stuff wasn't that that long ago and how much further and how much worse it's gotten since, uh, you know, 2012, 13. Yeah, I watched that right after you told me about it. And because uh, we, we were going back and forth about something that I recommended that you check out, that Woodstock 99 doc. Yes. And then yes. You, you fired back with uh, the most hated man on the internet. And I, I actually do not have any recollect recollection of this guy. I, um, I mean, you know, I, he, he looks like a dude that, uh, was definitely from that era. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he looks like he'd be in one of those awful, like screamo bands or whatever it's fucking called. I, I don't know. He, he looks like one of those dudes, like fun, like, Really like like expensive haircut, tattoos, you know, like just eat little troll face that he has. Yeah, like one of those like bring me bring me the horizon or like suicide silence or like one of those type something. Of bands. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have no idea what those bands sound like, but I know what they look like, <laughs> and uh, he looks like one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Did you like it? It was interesting for sure, man. It was like I I didn't even know anything like that existed, man. I you know I I um. Yeah, I just figured out how to get online like a few months ago. So back then, you know, that was a <laughs> that was, you know, that was a uh, way before my time, man. You know, being an internet guy. So, um, so yeah, I I, I honestly had never heard of it, but um, yeah, dude, it's totally reprehensible. I felt like I needed to take a shower after I watched that. Totally, and uh, I I want to note that I never went to the website. I, I was never like uh, you know a fan of that. I think it's gross. Uh, I just knew of him. I think someone wrote an article. I think I read that article that they, they reference in the in the documentary. I think that's how I heard about all of this. And um, you know, the internet is uh, is forever. I think that that was really the <laughs> one of the thing, the takeaways from um, from that documentary. And privacy just sort of seems like a thing of the past. Yeah. I believe in that. It's like, I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's like you really shouldn't send anyone anything. Like, you if, you know, especially like, just we'll talk about real quick, is like that one lady, she took some pictures of herself in her room, right? And then she ran out of space on her phone and then she emailed the photographs to herself. It's like, don't, don't do that. You know what I mean? It's like, like, don't, don't do things like that. You can't, you'd have no idea how people can get a hold of your information, especially, I mean, if they can do that back then, like now with like the cloud and the way all your shit on your phone is saved in your iCloud. And I mean, if you think about your iCloud or whatever it's called, you know, like if you're, if you're like, uh, you have a different thing, if you're, um, you know, Android or Microsoft user, um, yeah. Like, all it is is a fucking password, man. Like, and then this person has access. Someone who can have access to your entire thing. They just need your email, 
and your your password and everything is out there it's crazy yeah it, it, it's very nuts and uh you know i do want to make it a point like like, like the, the people he victimized like they, they shouldn't be ashamed and or i mean well let me say being naked or showing someone a picture you naked that's you know you shouldn't have your life ruined over something like that. No, 100%. No, I'm not saying that you should. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. No, no. But I mean, like, if you're not comfortable with other, like, if you're going to go and just for your own personal safety, you know, like if you're, you know, taking pictures of yourself and you're, you know, you're, you're, whatever. I know you'd probably do this all the time, Jeff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, unless it's like, really don't share that with anyone because you're really leaving yourself open for, um, you know, to be exploited like that you know yeah and unless you're like you know you don't give a shit then cool but even even if you don't give a shit having this guy posted people's personal information yeah, yeah. along with their photos which is comp even more reprehensible and you know maybe you know you got this photo of yourself naked and all of a sudden people are commenting on it calling you a fucking whore and like they're gonna yeah. come to your house and all this stuff like it's it's really disturbing and even more disturbing that this douchebag piece of shit exists is that he had a legion of followers that had a name they were called the family that was what was even more disturbing who were like all about it like that was their life like when they shut down the site they were like devastated like they had no more reason to live because they couldn't wild out on this dude's website anymore yeah it's like who the fuck are these people <laughs> who are they? Like, I, I feel like I don't know anyone who would behave that way. But you, you never know that. And that's another thing about being online is you can really be whoever you want. Yeah. You know, you know it's, it's scary. It's, yeah, it's very scary. Um, to totally unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a really good documentary. I've been talking about it a lot. To, uh, with, with, uh, with friends when I'm like, when they ask what I'm watching, I bring that up all the time. And it's amazing that people really, a lot of people don't remember any I, of this. I don't, and I don't I, have any recollection of this. Guy. Yeah. I guess if I didn't ever read that article, I probably wouldn't know about it. I mean, like, you know, cut to like 10 years later, almost everyone's naked on the internet, you know, like um, the OnlyFans, people like, you know, during the pandemic needed to make money and hey, I'm not judging. Good, good, good for them. You know, it's just like uh, one big naked fuck fest now on the internet. <laughs> it's a, yeah it's a little bit less of a big deal but the, the most disturbing thing is like hey you didn't ask for this and yeah. you certainly didn't ask for your private information to be shared and you certainly certainly you know none of that stuff should invite death threats or anything like that um a lot of sick people out there man and you realize this this didn't start with you know the trump era or anything it's been going on for a long time there's been trolls and and awful people for for a long time. Yeah, is it, did this documentary just come out? Because I, I I don't know. Like you, I I hadn't even heard of it before you mentioned it to me. I think it did. Yeah, like uh, I, I turned on Netflix and, and and saw it right away, and I was like, oh yeah, this I remember this. I'll check this out. Uh, so I think it is fairly new. Uh, Netflix has been kind of killing it with the documentary content uh, lately. I think that stuff has been really really good. Uh, whereas there was like a few years where they were making original films that were almost exclusively terrible. Yeah. No, um, I, I almost, yeah. I pretty much 
was on the verge of canceling and literally the only reason why I hung in there is because of Sandman, which, you know, we could talk about it another time because I know uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down because I'm a Vertigo comics, like, you know, guy and that'll keep me around for a little bit while on, on, on Netflix. But generally I'm really disappointed in what they have to offer. Oh, interesting. Um, my, my ex-wife is a big Neil Gaiman fan and, and a big, Big, big fan of Sandman. I remember getting her some Sandman stuff for Christmas, but that's really all I know about it. I, I never read it or anything like that. I should be curious to get her take on it. And I, her, you know, as a as a as a longtime fan, because uh, like you said, I've been hearing a lot of mixed things. I, I seem to have a lot of friends who who read the comics and things like that, and they don't really seem to care for the show. Yeah, I mean, there's certain aspects of it that I, like. There's two things in particular that. Um, that kind of bothered me about it a little bit, but I like the guy who plays Sandman, who plays Morpheus. I think he's cool. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, is I'm he a known the, actor? Is it someone I, 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 I don't? I, I don't. I've never seen him before. That, that that doesn't mean that he's not well known. I mean, um, right? Yeah, you know, that's I, I only true. know like a very small sector of things on the, in the film world. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I would prefer Lady. You know, not Lady Death, but I, Death. Lady Death is another comic book character. But uh, okay, I thought I would, you were going to say Lady Gaga. <laughs> no, I would prefer Death to be the way that she was portrayed in the comics because that was kind of been like a thing, you know, for that. For mm -hmm. And also, John Constantine is um, a very different type of character <laughs> in uh, in the series than the comic. And I would prefer Constantine to be more like the series invert the vertigo series. You know, I mean, is, is that the same Constantine? Is it the hellblazer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know a little bit about that. You know, I saw the Keanu Reeves movie based on him, which was very not good. And, yeah, you uh, know, it had its moments. I mean, if you called it something different, I thought it would be kind of a cool film, you know, but yeah, like, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like a travesty or like Jesus Christ avert your eyes, but it, it was just fairly formulaic. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it since it came out, but it was one of those things like, okay, I watched that, you know, that was whatever, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I know there was a TV show for a little while that I checked out a couple episodes and then kind of checked out. I, I didn't even know about that, but uh, I, I should probably look into that for sure. But uh, or maybe he was a guest on on one of those CW shows. I can't remember. I think he was part of that Arrowverse for oh, a minute right. there. Yeah, I didn't watch any of that stuff. But John Constantine is one of the more uh, compelling characters in the Vertigo universe. You know, and, mm, and um, yeah, yeah. There's like certain things, like certain. You don't mind? I, I don't mind when people take license. Like uh, the way they portrayed Lucifer, I thought was cool. You know, like this kind of androgynous like being, which is like, you know, well, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm down with that. That's cool. But, um, yeah. you know, there's certain characters you think of it being a, a certain way. And in your mind, especially <clears throat> if you're a fan like me, and I'm specifically a Constantine fan, you feel a little betrayed when they change it, you know? So. No, totally. And I, I, I get that. I always say, look, an adaptation is just that it's this person's interpretation of that material, not yours. So I get that, but also at the same time, when I saw like the photo of Jared Leto as the Joker, I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck have they done? <laughs> yeah. You know, no. so, uh, yeah, it's trying to find a balance. Like you want to make it yours, but, uh, you, you know, try to stay respectful to the, the, the source material that, that, that people like so much. Um, and, uh, yeah, when people go too far with it, it's just, you know, 
it's a big swing and it's often a, a big miss, much like Jared Leto's Joker in the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, yeah. Big swing, big miss. You check anything else out besides that? Well, you know, I did check out the uh, the Woodstock documentary, uh, but, you know, I, I think you and I are going to talk a little bit more about that at another time. Yes, we are. Yep. And also Prey, which I think you and I are also going to talk about at yep. uh, some point. So uh, I got a lot of thoughts about that. So uh, that'll, that'll, that'll be fun. It, it caused me to go and rewatch all the Predator movies. Uh, well, not all. I didn't watch Alien versus Predator uh, because I saw about 20 minutes of each of those and they were just, you know, 40 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. It's just, just bad. Yeah. The first two Predator films are, are pretty solid, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we'll have a lot to talk about in, in, in that episode. For I sure. checked out uh, a film that um, Rennie recommended to me. It's on Shudder. It's called What Josiah Saw. You mentioned that as well. Yeah. I, that one I could see being a really good episode talking about that movie. Cool. I will be checking that out. Um, I have the house to myself for a few days, so I'm just going to basically sit on the couch and watch, uh, watch some horror movies. So uh, that's on the list. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's long. It's very atmospheric. It's uh, within the Southern Gothic kind of realm, which is a big, you know, I like that genre quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's something I, I you definitely check it out. Let me know if you want to talk about it. Um, For sure. Absolutely. Last night I watched Men. Which oh, is like, yeah. Okay. It's, it's available for rent. And um, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that one, man, at some point, too. Um, yeah. You know, I missed that in theaters. And that was one I really, really was dying to see because, man, I, I love that director. He's directed two films, um, Ex Machina and Annihilation. Both were, were, I think, high points of the years that they came out. Uh, and before that, he's worked with Danny Boyle quite a bit. He wrote Sunshine, which is Danny Boyle's best film. Yep. And uh, The Beach, which he also wrote the novel for. Uh, which I didn't read, but the movie is, uh, it's pretty bad, but, you know, <laughs> um, whatever. Uh, but I think, you know, he's two for two as a director, and Men has gotten a very mixed response from, from people I know, so I'm very, very curious to check that out. I'll definitely be watching that soon. I forgot it was av uh, available for rent. Yeah. Men. Men. <laughs> um, I read uh, a book that Brandon Legion recommended called um, Deeper Than Hell by uh, Joshua Milliken. And Joshua Milliken was on Brandon's podcast, and that's how I you know, found out about him, basically. And Brandon and I um, you know, we went back and forth about it, and uh, he recommended it, and it was, uh, it was pretty good. It was something I enjoyed. Um, it had, like, a very kitchen sink approach to storytelling. Like, it's, <laughs> it covers, like, like Cthulhu is in it, you know, it's like the hollow earth, uh, is it like conspiracy theories, uh, wow. Psychedelic drugs, um, kind of low life, like fiction, like everything, you know, it's like a, a montage of all these different styles and, um, well, not so much styles, but subjects and right. uh, all in 155 pages. Wow. That's, uh, almost, almost like maybe more of a novella. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, something you can knock out in like one or two sittings, depending on what your time availability is. And that's called deeper than hell. Deeper than hell. Yeah. All right, I'm 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 writing that down. Yeah, it sounds like it was, a, a. It was a fun a fun read, honestly. You know how like sometimes like, you know, weird fiction can be very self conscious and very serious tone. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't I mean, have that tone at all. It's like a, a send up in a way of of weird fiction. You know. Interesting. Cool. Well, I'll have to check that podcast out too. Read that and check out the podcast. I always like to uh, know the subject about uh, whatever people are discussing. Yeah, that dude Josh Milliken sounds like a cool guy. Like you know, Brandon Brandon had him on as a guest, and you know, he seemed like a cool dude. And that's always an added bonus. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, you know, it's always good to, to 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 watch anything before you listen to a podcast about it. Although we're going to talk about a movie today, and <laughs> <that>, uh, <laughs> should people watch it? Uh, let's. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of it. <laughs> you uh, you were angry at me for making you watch this movie. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I think I was about thirty five minutes in when I said texted you. I'll never forgive you for making me watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was hoping by the end maybe uh, I'd have changed my mind, but um, well, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, we're talking about dash cam. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> dash, the Bloomhouse dash. It turns out there was two because I rented yeah. the wrong one. At oh first. no, you did, but th- but you ended yeah. up. Oh, um, did you like uh, blow like you know like twenty dollars or something like that on renting the other one? Yeah, no, I think all in all, I spent like ten bucks, which yeah. uh, is uh, about nine dollars and ninety nine cents more than 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 what this was worth. I uh, know. I think I got about like maybe five minutes or so into the other one. I was like, this this isn't the right movie. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the rental cost was ninety nine cents on Amazon. And it's it it's uh that's probably about the limit that I think I would have paid to see this movie. See, I paid four ninety nine for it on Amazon. I think it was Amazon. Oh, Maybe wow. it was iTunes. I okay. can't. I never. I I never remember. But I definitely pay. It was definitely not ninety nine cents, and it was in the five dollar range. Oh, okay. And you know. Five bucks isn't a lot of money, but uh, it's still maybe more than Dashcan deserves. Yeah, yeah, man. I it's uh. Well, first of all, let's say it's directed by Rob Savage, who brought us Host, another uh, pandemic, uh, you know, inspired film, and um, that's also that is on. I think it's still on Shutter. Yeah, that's where I watched it, but that was a couple of years ago at this point. So there's like three people that contributed to writing uh, the script for this. <laughs> it's um, uh, Gemma Hurley, Rob Savage, and Jed Shepard. And uh, this movie was technically released at Toronto International Film Festival, September thirteenth, twenty twenty one. You know, in the in the height of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, and then it was released broadly on June third, twenty twenty two. And uh, the length of this film is a seventy six painful minutes. <laughs> Sixty eight, if you cut out the very long end credits which we we will discuss <laughs> yeah hundred thousand dollar budget oh okay yeah i mean jeff you kind of you carry that around your wallet usually right like 100k 
<laughs> uh, no, no, my left pocket. Like, my wallet's just got way more in it than that. Yeah. I could have financed this movie. Who knows? Yeah, so this is like a super low, low budget film. And it shows, shall we say. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the, the reasons young filmmakers make so many, like, you know, make found footage movies is because they are cheap to produce or can be. Uh, this one looked like it had a little bit more money behind it than Host. Uh, but to hear that it was only $100,000 is surprising. I thought this might have had a bigger budget. The effects in this, when you can see them, um, are not bad. Yeah, I, I'll give it that. Um, the cast features uh, Annie Hardy as Annie, Amer Chad, Chad, Chadra as Patel, a.k.a. Stretch. Oh, I'm sorry. Amer Chadra Patel as Stretch. Okay, yeah, that's what I had. Yeah. Um, Angela Anahoro as Angela. You know, people are basically using their same names in this thing. You know. Yeah. But primarily, uh, Annie Hardy is like the subject of this film, and uh, I didn't know anything about her. I was like, "Who's this uh, this chick?" You know, and apparently, she's a rock star. Uh, she was in a band called uh, Giant Drag that was on mm -hmm. Interscope Records that NME labeled one of the fifty coolest uh, fifty coolest people. Annie, that is. So interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, it, NME is a British uh, thing, so maybe the Brits have a different definition of cool. So yeah, maybe like a fries, <laughs> chips kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, um, sure. Yeah, I, I was familiar with her actually from uh, she was on a Deftones song back in 2006 called "Pink Cell Phones," and that's where I first heard about her. She is like a guest vocalist on that song. And she does like an outro uh, that is kind of filthy, um, kind of not unlike the, her dialogue in this movie. A lot of like, you know, preoccupations with shits and buttholes and dicks and things like that. Uh, I thought it was strange then, strange choice. Uh, and uh, years later, you know, 15 years later, basing a whole movie around this person is a very strange choice. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Blumhouse uh, is involved in putting this thing out, too. You know? That is even, I mean, there's so much about this movie that is baffling to me, and that is just one of the aspects, like, how Blumhouse saw this and was like, cool, we're going to release this. And uh, furthermore, Savage has been uh, tapped to do uh, Boogeyman by Stephen King adaption. That was... Uh, oh, he's the one doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a short story that appears in uh, the collection Night Shift, and, uh, which is a fine... That actually has um, chapel weight in it, too, Night Shift. I don't know. For those of you out there are Stephen King fans. That's one of my favorite Stephen King stories. I read that as very... That might have been the first thing I read by him because yeah. I was very young, and when you're very young, you know what the boogeyman is, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my introduction to Stephen King. So, I mean, hopefully he, he does a good job with that one. Um, as a director, uh, I would say that, that he's unproven yeah, yeah, at this totally. point. I, I, didn't, I didn't dig Host either, honestly. It was okay. I mean, uh, the, the strange thing about that was people talking about how original it was. And when I watched it, I was like, well, this is just like Unfriended 1 and 2. And there was another movie that took place on a laptop called uh, Missing. Uh, it was basically the same premise as those three movies. So I don't want to be like a, a neckbeard with my arms folded like, mm, well, uh, actually, they. Um, um, but 
I mean, if you take that away, there's just really not – you know exactly what's going to happen. You know exactly how it's going to play out because you've seen it before. Yeah. And that, that's sort of the, the problem with found footage in general. Like, I, I don't know if you're a fan of the genre, but it sticks to such a formula that at this point, I think, like, maybe we've seen it all. I tend to agree with you. There are some found footage films I dig, you know, like the first, oh, sure. yeah, the first Hell House is cool. Uh, the gen In general, the VHS movies, I thought, you know, those entries are pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, but I kind of feel like, I agree with you. I think that the genre itself has kind of went as far as it can go, you know. Yeah, I mean, because they all kind of follow the same beats. Every you start out seeing these people's lives, maybe you see something in the background. And then, you know, full-blown chaos erupts. Everyone's dead. The end. Um, and this doesn't really add much to that. Um, it, 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 it doesn't add much to anything. It's, it's just sort of there. And someone had $100,000 to spend. So like, oh, all right, let's make a movie. Uh, uh, it just feels very uninspired. And at every turn, I feel like they've made the wrong choice. So I mean, there, there isn't much of a plot to this film. So, I mean, I, you can summarize this whole thing up in like really one line. And, and I, I heard an interview with Savage and he was like, well, you know, we're not we're really trying to make a movie to be watched in a theater with a bunch of people and, you're, you know, who are yelling at the screen. You know what I mean? That was kind of his uh, mission statement with making this film, you know, like that's. <laughs> that seems very dishonest to me. You know this isn't going to fucking play on the big screen. <laughs> I, I mean, people are going to watch this on their phones or some shit. You know, this isn't like... That's what the guys... That, hey, I'm just, you know, paraphrasing what he said in an interview, you know. Yeah, it seems like bullshit to me, but okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, right. okay, uh, uh, to that point, if you watch this in a theater, you will vomit everywhere. Yeah, and um, you'll, you'll want your, probably want your money back <laughs> Well, I mean, I never. People always complain about the shaky cam in, in, in these movies. It's never bothered me. This was the first time it actually bothered me, where I, like I started to feel dizzy at points. Um, another horrible. This movie is ugly to look at. It's not shot well, uh, and I know again it's found footage. I guess maybe that's supposed to be the point, but almost like every shot is composed terribly or you're looking at nothing or the camera is shaking uncontrollably. It, it's just visually just kind of sickening, which uh, I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, it, 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 honestly, it's like the, the basic premise, the, the plot line, it's kind of interesting on, on one line. Like forget about the characters or anything. Like, sure. Essentially okay. it's, uh, you know, Annie, let's not even say her. There's, there's a character who has yeah. to transport this frail old woman from, or what we think is a frail old woman, from point A to point B. And part of her, you know, it's a mission where she's getting paid to do this thing, you know. And, and then that turns out that this uh, frail old woman is actually a, a kid who's possessed by some demonic forces. And then all hell breaks loose, you know. Like... In and of itself, that storyline could be a cool short story. Like if someone approached a different, if Clive Barker wrote that, you know, right, it would be fucking cool. You know, I would be stoked. It was like some cab driver in London, you know, or whatever. But the way that Savage takes that raw material and puts his own harmonics on it, I think, uh, to be blunt, 
you know, pretty much sucks. Really, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like apparently this whole thing was like uh, based on him meeting Annie Hardy, who I don't really know anything about. I learned everything I know about her um, th- after watching this film. You know, I know that she's yeah, like a, a rapper. She's forty-two years old. Uh, she probably has like dishes in her sink as we're talking about this, and fruit flies in the garbage, <laughs> buzzing around her garbage. <laughs> But uh, that's really McDonald's wrappers near yeah. the trash can that's overflowing. Yeah, yeah. and that she's like a filthy, you know, like uh, you know, her her humor is on the kind of filthy side, right? That's all I know about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, it's on the Deftones song. This is back in two thousand six when that album came out, and it's very much in line with her dialogue in this movie, like kind of filthy and uh, immature. I hate to use that word, but yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and uh, so he met her. He's like, oh, wow, this, this lady's like, you know, she's very uh, uh, fringe, you know, and, and pushing the envelope and bop, 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 and all this bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, okay, she's edgy, you know, whatever the hell that means, right? So sure. he's like, why don't we just take her character and blow it up and then put it in this plot setting? Because apparently she has a show that she does that she streams live where people – give her uh, ideas and she comes up with like a freestyle rap, which is basically what she does in this, um, in this film is it takes place during the pandemic. You know, she's like this MAGA obsessed person, uh, you know, denier, like anti-vax, like all the things that were, were, were probably put in this film to ruffle the feathers of most uh, sensible people, you know, that would try to watch like an independent horror film, you know? Yeah, uh, again, another, and this is the biggest baffling choice in the movie, is, is her. Because you're right, there is a kernel of a good idea. Say this wasn't a found footage movie, and it's just two people in a car, a driver and a passenger, and you slowly find out what's happening. That's a good idea. That's yeah. a cool movie. I'd I, watch that. Totally. I think, like I said, if like Clive Barker wrote that as a short story or if it was made into a film, you know, by like by like someone cool, like by like Ty West or something, you know, I would yeah. be I would be down if it was like a short, like that was part of an anthology, because that's kind of really my biggest beef with this is that it's 76 minutes long. You know, yep. Six, should, 68, yeah. 68 without the credits. Right. This, this should have been like like a 20 minute film. Or something that was on like a YouTube channel or something like that, you know? Yeah, because to get from point A to point B, which is her in the car with the passenger, is some of the worst part of the movie. Like, we got to talk about Anne Hart, Annie Hardy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, it's such a, like, you know, I, I, I like you. I knew who she was, but I kind of after saw it, seeing this movie, read a little bit more about her. And I went to her Twitter page and... It doesn't seem like there's kind of, oh, she's playing an exaggerated version of herself. But from, from what I can tell, it doesn't seem that exaggerated. She is very much a Twitter. She is a person that goes and raps in her car and does this, um, this fucking thing that she does, band car. That's a real thing. I had no yeah. idea. Existed. Oh, no, I, I learned that it was real, too. Yeah. So she does. So she got that. She's playing herself with her own name uh, from her own band, which is mentioned in the movie. And it this does seem to be her beliefs. Like if you look at her Twitter page, the word "libtard" is constantly in there, and it's very 
anti-vax and um you know apparently she's a a, a woman of, of god she's a born-again oh, christian better. even better yeah man. well it, which is hinted at in this movie because they show her packing for london uh and there's all these crosses on her on her wall and i thought that might have some significance for the movie but i think we were just in her apartment and that's what her apartment looks like that's uh, funny, man. I, I don't think it's a location. I, 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 I don't know. Um, you know, I saw that too, but I, I know a few women out there who have crosses hanging up in their, they have their thing. That's this weird thing. I think it's cool. Like these like sort of goth chicks love crosses, you know? Sure. And I, I know a couple of ladies that have like, that's like a centerpiece in their decor is they have crosses everywhere. And it's, you know, this cool thing. And I kind of was like, ah, you know, I didn't really put that much significance on that, but also... Now that I know that she's like, uh, you know, a, a child of God, it really, you know, that I now admit a lot of this stuff makes sense. You know, there's some like narrative going on about like, you know, Christianity and all this bullshit. Yeah, it's um, I, I would say her crosses were excessive, though, because I like you. Yeah, I know a lot of like goth girls, people in general, they do have a fascination with crosses. But like the one shot in this movie, she's got like 10 on her wall. It almost looks like the scene, the beginning of uh, In the Mouth of Ma uh, <laughs> Madness, thinking, where yeah, he's like drawing. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and you meet this character and the quote unquote character who seems an awful lot like the real person she is. Um, and she's disgusting and she's awful in every way imaginable. Um, I, I'll say this I don't give a fuck about people's political beliefs. I really don't. I just don't like people who are complete assholes about it and can't shut up about it. Yeah, essentially she, the same thing here. Yeah, for sure. And she's just one of these, the, the worst of the worst. And she's yelling at people uh, outside of her car about masks and libtards and vaccines and, and, and things like that. And she gets into confrontations with people, uh, going into stores without a mask, getting into confrontations with people. I think maybe that's where the exaggerated part of her character comes from. Maybe she doesn't do things like that in real life. Um, I don't know. But uh, maybe that's where it comes from. But the point is, this character is, is terrible. It establishes her as terrible. And... In a better movie, there would be some sort of arc with that. Starts terrible, maybe terrible things start happening to her in the end. Maybe she, you know, sacrifices herself or does some act of good. But she is a piece of shit throughout the entire 60 <laughs> minutes of this movie. Yeah, I, I was hoping that her story arc would have ended with her getting, like, torn to pieces by the demon at the end of the movie. Yeah, or like set on fire or something like really just awful. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it was such a weird choice. And I looked up some things the, the director said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, like, I, I think it's cool that you have to spend time watching a movie with someone whose political ideas don't align with yours. Sure, I, I agree with that. That's I can I can do that. Any like grown rational person can do that. But you took someone who's like that in real life and really amplified it and made them completely unlikable. So you're not just spending, you're not spending an hour with someone whose political ideas you don't align with. You're spending an hour with someone you can't fucking stand. 
and you're actively rooting against. That That's an interesting distinction you made there because, um, yeah, she isn't really, I mean, in, in life, like I, I work with someone who voted for Donald Trump and believes in all the fantasies that he has about the, um, you know, the election and all this other stuff. Yet I have learned, I, I generally like this guy. Like we have, we are, we're friends. We've been, know, we've known each other for like 15 years, but he's not like her. He doesn't wear like a red MAGA hat and yell at the top of his lungs about, you know, how everyone else is uh, blind and believing lies and all this other bullshit. You know what I mean? So like she totally. is an extreme, so it's not just like, so, oh, yeah, someone with different political beliefs. It's like, no, a fucking asshole, basically, like you were saying. Yeah, she sucks. She's terrible. And, I mean, there, uh, again, like, the, she she goes to London. I don't know why they – is the director British? That's the only reason I can think yeah, of why yeah, this is made. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we start in L.A. on San Pedro Street, which is right around Skid Row, downtown L.A., and – I guess she's too fed up with the L.A. restrictions, so she goes to London where it's freer. I did not get that. Was, that's like things are too liberal in L.A. I'm going to go live in Portland. doesn't make any sense. Like if she like went to like here, Texas or something like that, yeah. that would or Florida, that would make sense. But she goes to London, which is just as locked down as New York City or Los Angeles. But the story needs her to get to London. So <laughs> there she is. And she continues to be awful in London. She pretty much just invites herself into the home of her former band member. Was he really? Is he an actor or is he really I think a he former was, band member? I think he was a dude that was in uh, Giant Drag with her in reality. Huh. Yeah. He actually displayed some acting chops then. Like, he was not bad in this movie. He was, he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she, she goes and she basically ruins this guy's life. Literally, actually. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, she breaks into his house unannounced. She she starts throwing her, her, her beliefs around at his wife, who clearly can't stand her. And she, you know, she mocks her cleanliness. She mocks her mask. She mocks it like, and then she, you know, uh, you get this guy Stretch. He's a, uh, I guess, you know, a, a door dasher. Yeah. Trying to make money during the, the pandemic. And she goes with him. And starts arguments with people when they say wear a mask, and she's just terrible. And you know, base probably got him fired or got him in trouble. And then she steals his car. And you're like, God damn, this person really is the worst. It is relentless. There's also another thing which I wish they would have explored more in this film, where like she's the quote unquote protagonist to this movie, but she potentially has a higher body count than the demon with yeah, her. With that's, her that's you know, there are people who have died as a result of her. And then there's also people who may die because she's infected, possibly infected them with like COVID-19 or, you know, whatever. And but, that's, inter uh, that's interesting. That, again, that, that could have been a, a point that this movie made, but didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's really interesting. Again, uh, an interesting idea that this movie could have used. Yeah, she steals a car. She basically, you know, and she, I guess she is supposed to be picking up an order for uh, the dash can because she decides to go on this guy's, you know, um, DoorDash route and pick up orders, which, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, seems very far-fetched, but, you know, I'll go along with it. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun, actually, to me, is to do 
deliver fucking food to people like for no reason. Yeah, in a stolen car in a country where, that you don't live in. Like, uh, again, it's just very weird choice. Um, and that's when she picks up Angela. She, the, the, the restaurant's closed and it seems real weird. But uh, the, someone at the restaurant needs this person brought to, um, what was it, the hospital? They, they, she needs help. Yeah, it's it's not even important where she has to take her, really. And that's literally the only part of the movie that I was interested in is this one scene because it was it had had its moment. Actually, I thought of being kind of creepy. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is like an empty restaurant. This sick person, and you know, this is the one decision. Someone she goes hell no, but then when they offer money, she goes okay, I'll do it. Which okay, that that checks out. Um, and, uh, I, I, I should note too, we should note that while you're watching the movie, you're supposed to be like, pretend that you're watching her live stream. So there's all these comments on the left side of the screen throughout, I don't know, maybe like 60% of the movie. And there's like little emojis popping up on the right hand side. And I guess from what I read, some of those comments uh, there are links in those comments, and if you go to those links, you will find out more about the lore of this movie. Oh, uh, wow. if you, I, I didn't even pay attention to that, no. Well, I didn't either because I hated every second of this movie. So, uh, 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 But, yeah, apparently it fleshes out the story uh, a, a little bit more, which, you know, that was a cool idea when the Blair Witch Project came out in 1999 or whenever it was, I think it was 99 and the internet was new and this was like a multimedia thing and people didn't quite know if the Blair Witch was real or not. Um, but in 2000 uh, in 22, who cares? Like just, you know, don't, don't do this multimedia thing. Just get your point across in the film itself and 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 flesh it out instead of like well if you go to this link it'll explain what you know the demon was and what the, this cult was there's a cult in this movie um sort of <laughs> uh but instead yeah it, it's just lazy like oh if you go to a link you can you know, like fl- flesh the whole movie out but I, I i don't know how you could see this finished product and be like people want to interact with this movie more yeah no, i i didn't even know about that i um because i was checked out uh, <laughs> this film and I was like I wasn't even reading the fucking comments man I was like that that shit's just like static to me you know yeah and also I should point out that we're supposed to be like people like on the live stream but it, like through big chunks of this movie they go offline but yet we're still able to see it so it doesn't even follow its own rules you know what I mean like we'll see like something huge happen but the people who are watching and commenting on it can't because then it'll show like it popped back. Oh, we're going live again, and people in the comments are like, "Hey, what happened? What happened?" And the audience is supposed to be like those people. So how the fuck did we just see what happened? It it doesn't it doesn't play fair. It doesn't play by its own rules. That's uh, just one of the many many things that 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 bugged me about this movie. But after spending all this time with, we finally get to the plot. You know, her in the car with this old what we think is an old lady and. She takes a shit in the backseat of Stretch's car, which is just fucking gross. Yeah, there's and, a lot of shit in this movie, by the way. Yeah, it, it seems to go along with Annie Hardy's like preoccupation with assholes and shitting and dicks. And like, it, it, it's just very, yeah, it's, 
it's very stupid, and there's all these bumps in the road for to get you know like uh, Angela, you know, uh, starts attacking her. There's like three car accidents in a row in this movie, pretty much. Um. It's all like they ran out of ideas. Like, oh, uh, well, we have to get out of the car. Oh, there's an accident. Oh, well, now we need a, another scene where they get out of the car. Oh, there's an accident. Uh, two of the accidents are caused by the, like you said, the protagonist. She drives headfirst into one car, and then at one point she's lighting a cigarette and isn't paying attention and crashes into a ditch. And uh, again, like, you're like, God, this person is fucking terrible. Like, she, she can't, and during, while all this insanity is happening, you know, Stretch comes, he wants his car back, so now Stretch is involved in this, and they, it's clear that there's something off about uh, Angela, and Annie is still making jokes and, and mocking COVID and vaccines. Even while this insane, almost unbelievable thing is happening, she's still being a fucking troll. Yeah, yeah, that's... uh. That's a little bit un- unrealistic as well, too, because I know like, if I was in this situation, I would be kind of preoccupied with like the crazy shit that's going on in front of me. Yeah, you're seeing some things that are better, like unbelievable, and yet you're, like, you're trying to find a word that rhymes with orange for one of your stupid fucking raps. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You just seen a woman's head get ripped off, and, and you're saying, oh my God, shit on my dick. Like, oh, uh, like my dirty ball. She's just saying it's almost like she has like Tourette's or something Like she can't help. Like it's 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 really just baffling. And, and like like you, I kind of at this point just wanted this whole fucking thing to be over. I wonder if uh, how she reconciles her love for Jesus with her potty mouth. That's an interesting question. And, you know, like, again, like I looked I kind of looked at her Twitter page just uh, uh out of sheer morbid curiosity after watching this. And uh, yeah, it just seems like she's like, you, you're the hateful people coming after me. But like, she says hateful things on there all the time. And she's complaining, like, why are you confusing me with my movie character? Well, you know, a lot of something interesting is like, there was also I, this idea that she was doing some Andy Kaufman style thing, but the re- Andy Kaufman never broke character, man. Like that dude, when he was in on a gag like this, he was a hundred percent all in. Yeah, I well, that is an interesting idea. Uh, yeah, but then again, not- she was like, there was. I, I read something online where there was actually something on Twitter where she was actually stated, "I'm on some Andy Kaufman shit." <laughs> so okay. it's like that was like a quote from her, and I was just like. Well, you just fucking ruined your entire thing by saying that because Andy Kaufman would have never been like, you know, oh, yeah, this is an act like he right. went down with the ship as the character that he was trying to be. You know what I mean? And that's what made him great at what he did. He was 100 percent committed to it. Yeah. So, you know, I guess the heat, you know, got a little too hot in the kitchen for old Annie and she needed some, uh, you know. She needed these uh, these people to stop, so she's like, "Oh, I'm on some Andy Kaufman shit." But who yeah, knows? I who mean, knows what her real, you know? I mean, I don't. Either way, I'm like, whatever. She's kind of kind of whack in a lot in many ways. <laughs> in I, most yeah. ways, so it's like completely agree. Yeah, so it's like almost like irrelevant whether or not she was doing what she's doing, or if it's really her or whatever. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that kind of feels like a, a, a cop-out to me. And to go that far for a movie like this seems far-fetched to me. But, I mean, even if she's playing a character, like this is like some Andy Kaufman thing, like, oh, well, you've just pretty much ruined your, like, <laughs> you've ruined your career. Um, but uh, I don't think that's the case. I think, I think her Twitter seems genuine enough to me. And I will point out that while I hated this movie, I hated her in it. I, I, people going to her page to harass her is going a little too far. Like, okay, you didn't like the movie. She's obnoxious. She's obnoxious on Twitter. Just leave it alone. I mean, uh, because if she's really like her character, like she clearly has mental problems and you're just bullying a sick person. So don't do that, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I never, I would never promote harassing people. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm against all that shit, too. But, like, you know, I, I also think it's it's funny that she's like, oh, yeah, I'm on some Andy Kaufman shit. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's interesting. And if I cared enough, I might look more into that. But uh, a, a, after this, I never, ever want to think about this movie again. I mean... <laughs> In a way, I said I was angry, like, you made me watch this. But at the same time, I have told my friends, like, you've got to see this movie. It is so terrible and baffling. Like, it, it, it should be shown in film school. Like, hey, like, thinking about making a movie, it could turn out like this. <laughs> you know? Uh, it, it's, it's a big swing and a big miss, again. Um, I can't think of many positive things to say about it. Can you? No, I, I, there's nothing about this movie that I liked. Uh, I wasn't even really amused by the character. And like, and I, I don't get offended by anything, man. Like I'm down with whatever, you know what I mean? And it just got tiring, you know, like, uh, all right, cool. You got, you know, you're a MAGA, you know, Trump supporter, you know, all right, this might be interesting, but it just was tired it was obvious to me. It was uh, very much just like the film was too long. There wasn't enough <laughs> plot to cover 68 minutes or whatever the hell it is. And, uh, yeah, and, like, there was no really anything there to redeem the film in my eyes. You know, and, and like I said, I'll watch I'll, – I'll give anything a chance, man. I have seen some of the most brutally offensive things in my life on film that and and giving it a chance and some of the things i enjoy and some of the things i reject and this one i think sucks you know straight yeah and it's not because of the reasons why everyone else is upset it's because i just think it was a bad movie yeah it's a bad movie it made baffling choices and like i said when all is said and done and the movie's over there was no arc for the main character at all she's a piece of shit until the very end yeah and then the credits roll and you get the real annie hardy driving in her car in LA and she's rapping over the, she's rapping the names in the credits yeah. and Oh, that's cute. But it goes on and on and on. And I remember I was like, I'm going to watch this whole thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Just, I, I, I hung in there to the bitter end. Yeah. Because I was like, I came this far. Sure. And again, this is the real Ann Hardy. She's rapping, you know, about Jason Bloom fucking his mom and all this other just dumb juvenile shit. It's terrible. She's not a good rapper or, or improviser. It's, it's silly, like incest, butthole, shit, dicks. Those are like her, her topics. 
And you get to hear that for seven minutes after watching, after spending 68 minutes with this fucking supposed exaggerated version of, uh, of this. It, it is... Wow. I mean, it's just, it's just something. <laughs> I mean, you know, and you know me, how much I love skinny white girls rapping, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I love <laughs> yes. that. So I, I, you know, sure. you know how I felt about the end, you know, the credit scenes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, like, and you know, like, you know, you mentioned your age at some point and that when you think about it, doesn't make sense in the plot of the movie. This demon needs young bodies because it shows it possessed a 16 year old who looks like she's in her seventies. Uh, so why go after Anne Annie Hardy, who's 41? Yeah. This thing rapidly ages people. I, I, I found that, again, like, what? I, I, I don't get it. There's, I will say the one, aside from thinking Stretch was a pretty good actor, because I wasn't sure if he was an actor or an actual member of the band, but he's believable in this. There's one cool shot in this entire movie. And that's when Annie is driving the car, trying to light a cigarette, and you see Angela is running at inhuman speeds, and she's lit up by the by the rear lights of the car, so it's all red, and you just see her running after the car. It's the one cool shot in this movie. Yeah, I'll go with that. And those are about the only two positive things I can say about it. This movie is almost completely unwatchable visually, thematically as far as the acting goes i mean we're talking grades here mike <laughs> what what would you give this this is going to set up this is going to be a uh, historical moment on the necromaniacs podcast i am going to give it a zero out of five you know uh <laughs> i wish i said my grade before yours so i could be the historic one <laughs> i also gave it a zero and giving the movie what it deserves, which is nothing. It is horrible at every turn. And at an hour and change, it's too long. Yeah. And you feel every minute of this movie. You're just waiting for it to end. Not one right decision was made with this movie at all. And I could maybe see where the director was trying to do with this maybe you know doing like a meta thing because it's found footage and, and but it, it's I, I think he bet on the wrong horse with this and i really hope he has better luck with the boogeyman because that's something i'm really looking forward to but this is you know i hope he has a long career and you look back at this and be, be like oh that was the one bad movie this good director made i hope uh, uh, i hope annie hardy is in is in the boogeyman oh maybe she is the boogeyman <laughs> I said, no, she's the patient in the boogeyman. It's going to be like Dr. Fauci or something. <laughs> trying to give her a vaccine. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's another thing, too. Like, this movie came out in 2022. And I, do you really want to be reminded of, 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 of quarantine and lockdown already? You know, I feel like if this came out during all that, you know. Well, may, well, may, may, technically, it did, actually. It came out in 2021, like in the film festival circuit. That's true. Well, there was already a vaccine and things were like loosening up. I really feel like, I don't know. I just really didn't feel like going and revisiting that period that just happened. Uh, I I know it's a personal thing, but. um, I totally agree with you, though. And that's that's like exactly what, you know, like I I don't want to remember any of this shit, you know, at all. 
I don't want to remember this fucking movie at all, yeah. Mike, but it's seared into my brain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we did it. We, we watched it. Uh, I would have never known this movie existed if you didn't bring it up. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to get you back somehow. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's our duty as horror, horror movie podcasters to cover this film. because It seemed like a lot of people were talking about it, and I already knew just from the couple of snippets that I'd seen online that I was going to fucking hate this movie. But I'm like, you know what? Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about it. It'll be fun. You know, like, you know, we, we very rarely seek out films that we actively don't like to talk about. You know what I mean? Right. And you know, I want to like everything. I want everything to be good. You know, I even like looked at Rotten Tomatoes, like 47% of professional critics gave this a good review. And I was like, Oh, you know, that's not bad at all for a horror movie. Yeah. Well, those, those guys probably got an envelope of money to write that review. You know, I really honestly, 47% is too high. I would think 7% would be more accurate. I can see someone liking this, but like 47%, that was a, that was quite a surprise. This is a, like I said, this is a big fat zero for me. <laughs> so the first film in Necromaniac's history to get a zero out of five. This is good news for fans of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, you know, sequel. That is no longer the worst horror movie to come out in 2022. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you started off this year with what I was like, it can't get worse than this. This is just dreadful at every turn. Dash cam is worse. <laughs> somehow <laughs> alright everyone thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week take care bye everyone Yeah.